Good morning, church. It's great to be with you here this morning. You know, when I was a kid, I would sometimes take all of my Legos that had been given to me. I would take all of them. I would dump them all out on the floor. And my task for the day was to spend every single one of them in some sort of project. To use every resource that I had been given with these Legos to build something amazing. And my goal was to absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, use every last piece. And if I had gotten to the end of the day and I had not used every last piece, then I would have considered that day a failure. And so I would go and I would find even the smallest piece. I would find a place for it and I would spend it all, all of it. Over my lifetime, maybe the last 10, 15 years, I've had the opportunity to run marathons. Maybe someday I'll be able to get back there, but when I go and run a marathon, I want to leave it all. I mean, I want to spend every last bit of energy that I have. I don't want to get to the end of my race and think, oh man, I could have done better. I could have given a little more. I could have spent a little more energy. No, I want to leave every last bit on the course. I want to get to the end and go, yes, I spent it all. I couldn't have gone any faster. When I preach, I want to spend it all. I don't want to hold back. I don't want to get to the end of the sermon and go, oh man, as sometimes I do. I don't want to go, oh, I should have said this, I could have said that, I should have used this illustration, I, I, I could have connected better in this way. Uh, every time I get up here, I, I don't want to leave anything back. I, I, I want to give it all. I want to spend it fully. When I go out in the backyard and I've got a project that I want to work on, I want to get to the end of the day and I want to lay my head on my pillow at that night and I want to know that at the end of that day I spent it all. That I fully gave myself to the project. That I can go home and that I can lay my head on my pillow satisfied uh, that I spent all the resources that were available to me. We have an opportunity to spend our resources well and to live well. And when we spend our resources well, we will live well in God's kingdom. So the question really seems to be, how is it that you are spending your resources? How is it that you spend what it is that God has given to you? And maybe he's given it to you and he's given nothing else like it to anybody else. But he has given it to you. Uh, maybe the overarching question this morning is just this. How is it that you are spending your life 
How are you managing it? How are you stewarding your life? Are you going to get to the end of your life? And are you going to look back and go, oh man, there was so much more that I could have given. There were so many more pieces that I could have used. There were so many more uh, things I could have said. There were so many more jobs that I could have finished. Uh, at the end of your race, are you going to look back and go, oh, I could have tried, I could have done a little more, or are you going to lay your head on your pillow and you're going to be able to say, I spent it all. I spent all of it. I used up all the resources that I had available to me. You see, I think what God is asking for all of us any of us who say, I'm a follower of Jesus, is that I will spend all of it. I will spend every last bit of whatever He gives me, and I'll let the results, whatever they might be, I'll let Him, ha him have them. Now, we get to be in a text uh, this morning uh, in the Bible where the disciples are asking really big questions. Uh, they're asking questions really about the end of the world and the coming of God's kingdom. And they're wanting to know, well, when does this reality change to the coming reality? And, and Jesus begins to answer them in all sorts of stories. And, and this particular one, uh, he tells about a rich guy who gives away his resources he says, I want you to manage my resources while I go away. And then, and then the story, he comes back. And they have, to, they have to be accountable to what it is that was given to them. And so this morning, I just want to look at that particular text with you. And I want to eliminate from our lives any excuses that we might like to use. And why it, why it might be that that we would not use all the resources available to us. I want to look at any obstacles in our way, and I want us to say there are going to be no more excuses. And I want to lay a couple of those out this morning for us so that we'll move on and say at the end of the day that we have spent our resources well. Join me in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, I'm going to begin in verse 14. If uh, you're visiting with us for the holiday or uh, you didn't happen to bring a Bible with you or don't have one on your phone, uh, reach out and grab one in the pew Bible in front of you. Page 695 is where we're going to be this morning. Verse 14, again it will be like a man going on a journey. He calls his servants and entrusts them with his property. To one he give, gives five talents of money, to another two talents, to another one talent, and each according to his ability. 
And then he went on his journey. And the man who had received five talents went out at once, and he put his money to work, and he gained five more. And so also the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, and he dug a hole in the ground, and he hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned, and he settled accounts with them. And the man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, you have been faithful in a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. And his master replied, as he had done the first time, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seeds. So I was afraid. And I went out and I hid your talent in the ground. So here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put your money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has been given more, who has, will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness Will there be weeping and gnashing of teeth? A talent is really a, a measurement of weight. It's not some special skill that we have, although uh, we could say that this entire parable uh, really is about how we use our lives, uh, how we use what it is that God has given to us. Uh, but this is really talking about uh, monetary resources that were given to these particular servants and, and how they went out and used them. How was it that they used these talents? Now, a talent may have been uh, a talent, a measure of weight of gold or silver or bronze. Now, if it's gold in this story, if these are talents of gold uh, that this guy is handing out to all of his servants, this is a really big amount of money. I mean, each talent, uh, if it was gold, probably is around $75,000 each for every talent that he hands out. If it's a talent of gold. So if it's a talent of gold, he's giving a lot of money. He's giving over a half a million dollars to the one who has five talents. Even to the one who has given one talent. Is there anybody in the room that would say, uh, when the master comes to you and hands you $75,000, you'd say, eh, 
In other words, he has entrusted all of this money to these servants. It's rather shocking, isn't it? I mean, can you imagine opening up your own bank account and uh, you empty it and then you give it to your children or to your employees and say, now I'm going to go off on a, on a trip for a while, but when I come back, I want you to give me an account of what you've done with it. You get a sense maybe of the tension that is built into this text. Maybe you've seen that television show, The Shark Tank. You have this row of billionaires who uh, are all sitting there and they're investing in other people. Can you imagine uh, the front page newspaper one day uh, when the Shark Tank sharks all decide to take their billions of dollars and hand it out to their various business employees and say, here you go, I'm going off for a while, but I'm going to entrust you with this. You see, God has given us something amazing. And all that you have is because He gives it. Yeah, everybody has been given something. Now maybe you have been given something more than someone else, but everyone, everywhere has been given something. And, and God is risking giving you something, uh, assuming that you are going to do something with it. So how is it that you're using the resources that God has given? And you notice what it is that, uh, that the first two do. The one with the, the five talents, uh, he has more than half a million dollars. Uh, he right away takes it and he goes and he invests it and he makes five more. And the same thing happens with the guy that does two. Everybody's been given something and they go out and they use it. And we recognize that there is some bit of accountability when we, we face Jesus in the end. You know, verse 19, after a long time, the master of the servants returns and settles the accounts. We are going to someday face Jesus and he's going to say, hey, how'd you do with what I gave? Did you leave some back? Did you invest it well? Did you serve well? Did you live well with what I gave you? Uh, there's this expectation that what God has given to us, we will use. And everybody, everybody has been given something. All of us have been given Something. That's the beauty of what God is doing here. He's given all of us something. And He's saying, hey, how is it that you are using it? The excuses come. The excuses begin to come maybe when you're a one-talent person. Maybe when you think of yourself as not having as much as someone else. Have you ever made an excuse? Have you ever maybe said, well, something like this, I'm not going to do anything because I'm afraid of failing. I wonder if sometimes we 
think of ourselves as a one-talent person and we say, uh, God, I'm not going to use what it is that you've given me. I'll bury it in the ground. I'll give it right back to you because I'm really just afraid that I will fail. And so we hide our talents. We hide our money. We hide our resource. We hide our ability. We stick it underneath our mattress. And then when Jesus comes, we'll try and hand it back to him. Now you probably recognize that that didn't turn out too well. So what is it that we do when we're tempted to say, with whatever talent God has given to us, with whatever resource he has given us, what do we do with this excuse of, I'm afraid of failing? Well, you recognize that failure is part of success. Failure is part of success. I don't know if there are any, any hunters in the room. Every now and again, I get to go hunting. And I have to sight in my gun when I do so. And so I'll, I'll take my gun and we'll go out into a field and I'll set it up about 75 yards out. And I'll, I'll do what we call sighting in your rifle. Now, what you do is you try and be as still as possible, and you pull the trigger uh, in order to try and hit the target exactly where it is that you think you're looking in the scope. And oftentimes what happens is when you're looking through the scope, you're hitting in a different place on the target than what you're looking at through the scope, which means there has to be an adjustment. You have to come back to your rifle and you have to begin to make slight adjustments in where that rifle is actually aiming. You might say you have to fail uh, at shooting before you can succeed. You have to miss the mark before you can hit it. And some of us, with our resources, with what God has given to us, uh, you might just need to realize uh, that failure is okay. I mean, if we look at Jesus' life uh, and his ministry, uh, just from a purely earthly point of view, we might suggest that Jesus failed. I mean, think about it. Now, Jesus goes around, he preaches and he teaches and he heals, and he does this for three years. And at the end of three years, when things get really dicey, all of his disciples leave him and he ends up dying on a cross. From a very earthly standpoint, it looks like Jesus loses. But he doesn't lose at all. You see, it's that old phrase that you probably heard before. Failure is really failing to try. Some of you are saying, I, I just don't want to mess up. I just don't want to invest I don't want to mess up what it is that God has given me. I'll stand in this little bubble. I'll bury my treasure. And then when Jesus comes, I'll give it back. May I suggest to you that maybe we ought to change our thinking. That maybe if at first we succeed, we should be absolutely astonished. 
that maybe we can fail five times or 50 times. But if we fail doing the right stuff, we have invested what it is that God has given. And at the end of the day, we can go home and we can stand before Jesus saying, I have spent every last bit of what you have given. You see, sometimes we need to recognize the size of our God and not the size of our resource. We have to recognize that our results are not dependent on the size of what our resource is, but really the size of who our God is. I tell my kids all the time, I have an 11-year-old and a 4-year-old. And I tell them regularly, you know what? God can do great things in you. And I'm sure that they're tired of hearing it, but they're going to hear it until the day I die. God can do great things in you. And maybe uh, you're sitting there and, and you're trying to, to look at all the resources God has given you and you're thinking, I just don't have enough. I can't give like everybody else. Uh, I can't do what everybody else can do. And yet, I'm saying to you, God is the reason, right? He can make great results out of small, small talents and resources. God can do great things in you. He can do what you can't even imagine. So let's, let's move past this excuse of, I'm afraid of failing. Every time you put your life out there, every time you go and serve, every time you go and teach, every time you join a small group, uh, every time you give, every time you give those resources that God has given you, there is an opportunity for failure. But at least you can fail going in the right direction and you'll see what God will do with it. And it's a success. See, God doesn't ask you to be perfect. He asks you to be faithful. He doesn't ask you to have all the right answers. He doesn't ask you to, to never fall down. He asks you to be faithful with what He has given to you. So will you be faithful? And if you are faithful, you will not fail. If you are faithful, you will not fail. Get past the excuse of, I might fail. Another excuse that sometimes we might like to use when we want to give nothing is, well, I'm not sure that I have anything to give. I have so little to offer. How many times have I talked with those of you who are above the age of 50 and you have told me, well, I just don't have anything to give anymore. Oh, those of you who are 50 and above, can I speak to you for a moment? You have all the wisdom in this room. You have lived life in a way that I have not. You have gone through experiences that I don't understand. You have had to make decisions. And you have encountered life. And you have encountered tension, whether that be with your family or in your work. And I need you. And those of us who are in our 30s and our 20s, 
Those of us who in this room are students who are teenagers and children. Those of you who are over 50, I don't ever want to hear you say that you have nothing to give because you have everything to offer. All we need is for you to step out and say, I will give what I have to offer. I will give of the resources. I will give of my time. I will give of my experience so that we all can grow. I've heard other people say, well, I'm too young. I can't possibly do anything. And you already know that that's a lie. Every now and again on the news, I, I, begin, to, uh, I begin to just marvel at what young students can do when they set their minds on something. I remember a couple years ago, there was a young man who lived in Minnesota. Minnesota's north of here. It gets really cold in Minnesota in the wintertime. And in the dead of winter, this young man had decided that there was, there was something that he wanted to give to. He wanted to give to a local homeless shelter, and so in order to raise money, he decided that he was going to sleep in a box on his front porch for nights on end just so that people would give and so that he could experience what it might be like for a homeless person to have to live in the winter in Minnesota. And I thought, that's unbelievable. And it wasn't extraordinary. I mean, it was extraordinary, but it wasn't because he had so much. All he did was sleep in a box. And so for those of us who, who may at times feel this great insecurity that I just don't have enough to offer, for those of us who have, have, have looked in the mirror in the morning and have said, God, I, I don't even know what it is that you can do with this, know that God can use all of you and He can use the resources that He has given to you all you have to do is use them. Because you're not too old and you're not too young and you're not too small or too big or, or not smart enough or, or not talented enough. God can use what it is that you have to give, but you do have to give it. At the end of the story, we find that there are two realities and the reality for the one, for those that gave, for those that used the resource, it is, it is this blessing from the Lord. Well done. Good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. At the end of the day, all of us can share in the Lord's happiness. But to the one who wasted it, to the one who stood in his circle, in his bubble, maybe using the excuse of being afraid, maybe using the excuse of not having enough to offer, 
this was his end. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. Throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Gang, let's spend our lives well. Let's take whatever it is that God has given to us, those passions that He has set inside of us, those resources physically that he's, He has given us, and let's spend them well. I thought of many of you this week. I, I thought those little things that make you, you. I, I thought of Ken. I thought of how Ken just has this insatiable desire for the Word. And he wants to know what the Word has to say. And he wants to teach it, and he wants to do a good job. I thought of Rebecca, who's in college, and she loves cooking. And I don't know what it is that God's going to do with that, but it's this, it's this thing that God has set within her, and she just loves to bake. And I don't know what's going to happen with that, but, but God can use it. And I thought of Amy, who just loves to, to give people books. Uh, she loves to make sure that kids uh, in, in our church and around our community just have books. And I'm thinking of, of how often she has just uh, tried to give students books. And I'm thinking, I don't know what God's going to do with that, but He can and He will. And I don't know what it is for you. I don't really know what it is for all of you that He's set within you, that He's resourced in you. But can I just encourage you? Can I push you a little? Spend it. Spend it. And don't think for a moment that if you spend it, it's going to be all used up. The more you spend, the more you'll have to spend. Jesus says of those who spent the resources wisely in this story, that they were given more. Spend. So what do I need you to do? What do I think God would have you do? Just simple exercise. It's this little white piece of paper. You probably all have one of these in your home. It's a piece of stationery, it's a blank piece of paper, it's a ledger. I would just have you do this. I would have you begin to mark off on here the areas that God has resourced you and how you're spending it. Now that might be your finances. You might begin to say, hey, uh, the Lord has given me these finances and this week I'm going to look on my ledger and I'm going to see where that money is going. It might be something that He has given you, that He has resourced you. Maybe you're just, maybe you're an incredible mechanic. And you have an opportunity just to place on your ledger the things that God has allowed you to do as a mechanic. And you're going, you know what? I can use this and I will spend this resource well. And maybe you're an excellent teacher, or maybe you're uh, an unbelievable IT person, or maybe you're just an incredible student. But will you go home, and will you take a ledger, and will you do this whether you're old or young, 
whether you're a young Christian or an old one, will you take the ledger and will you begin to say, hey, God's given me some resources. And then on the other side of the ledger, here's how I'm going to spend it. Here's how I'm going to spend what God's given. There's one guaranteed way. There's one guaranteed way to enjoy the Master's happiness. And that is to spend it all. Spend it fully. And see what the Master will do with what He's given. Let me pray. Gracious Father, uh, You're good to us. And I pray for all of us in this room that, that we together, that we collectively will begin to recognize what it is that You have resourced for us. And that we can go to the end of our days knowing that we've spent them well. That we've come and we've spent all of it and we've not been afraid of failure. And we've not said that you've given us too little. But that, Lord, we will use whatever it is that you give and hand it to you. Help us to spend wisely. And, Lord, let the results be yours. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.